All right, guys. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Bro Nurse Podcast. Today on the episode, we're going to be having Dr. William J. Hussein Velos joining us live. And that's not his middle name. I'm just kidding. William Velos, MD. He's joining us live on scene at his hospital. I just wanted to take a quick break also and mention that today's podcast is brought to you by Dr. Squatch Soaps. We love Dr. Squatch Soaps. Oh, they're good. <laughs> Get clean like a man. Feel like a man. Get clean like Smell a man. Smell like a man. Smell like a man. They're great soaps. Also, I used to use their stuff for the, their beer products. are awesome, man. They have hand sanitizer now. That's their new thing. They're doing hand sanitizer. See the little, see little grip insane. things they have now for your soap so you don't slip and drop the soap? I have that on my soap right now, my friend. There you go. <laughs> I do. They sent me one, so I put it on my soap. Now you can clean your hands like a man. Yeah. Just manly all the way around, guys. We're going to jump right in because Velos is limited on time because, as you can see, he's working. We have him here on Zoom, and we're, we're recording the... The podcast is going to go uh, live. You can see the video footage on our YouTube channel. And then you'll also be able to pick up our podcast, just the audio, obviously, on Spotify and iTunes as soon as iTunes decides that they, our image quality meets their standards. So uh, how's it going? How's it going, guys? Pretty, everything's pretty good. Luckily, the hospital's not that busy right now. Not that many patients here, so that's a good thing. I can see that. The fact that you're able to record with us. Which is why I'm here exactly. I was gonna say that. That's dope. Yeah, thanks for taking some time off, man. Or like of course, time during your day while you're at work. We really appreciate it. So, Will, how's life been? Yes. Um, it's been pretty good. I can't complain. Um, lately we've been having a lower volume in the emergency rooms. Right. So we're not as busy. So overall, it's pretty good. That's what I've been hearing. That um, it's been pretty slow throughout almost all the emergency rooms. Through the this country. Exactly. It's a, it's a little bit concerning at times, too, you know, because whatever happened to those heart attacks and those uh, strokes, people are just not coming in as often as, as they used to. Right. I mean, like, do you think people are just still having them and just staying at home and dying or staying at home or, or waiting and getting worse? That's, that's what I think is going on. More people are dying, I think, and um, more people are getting worse coming in later when it's a a bit uh when they're a, li- a bit more complicated but uh it's important that people out there recognize that there are still emergencies out there and if you have uh, risk factors and yeah. abnormalities in your presentation then yeah you have to come in yeah, yeah. people are just afraid to go to the hospital it's where all the corona patients are so or at least they, that's what they think mm-hmm. you know so it's kind of keeping them away from coming in they're afraid of the rona dude that where you guys keep your coronas that's where you keep the growing. <laughs> yeah, man. Like that's a that's a real thing. We were talking about that with Ashley not too long ago too. That she's she had this lady that came in that had a bowel obstruction. She was like chronic bowel stru- obstructions like all the time. She had like ten of them in the past, and she waited like two weeks to come into the ER because she was like, oh, I don't want to get sick. I don't want to get anybody else sick. And the poor lady had freaking almost perfed her bowel. And yesterday, interestingly, I had a patient who had a stroke about a week ago. Just didn't want to come in. But they came in eventually because they just couldn't walk and they kept falling. Jesus. Um, So it's important to know that time is brain, time is heart. So as soon as you have these symptoms, you have to come to the emergency room. Yeah. Honestly, I think it's about time everybody just started getting the fuck out of the house. What do you guys think? (laughs) 
I think I think it's um, a good point. I mean, there's there's I mean they're starting to open stuff up at least around here. <laughs> so uh, I think little by little you'll, you'll start seeing people getting more comfortable being out and about and being around other people and that kind of thing. It kind of sounds like everybody's getting upset with like, like getting annoyed with the whole quarantine thing still and the whole social distancing. Like, oh, why do I have to wear a mask when I go into this store and all that crap? So I think eventually it'll just like it'll take some time, but I think it, things will get back to, to normal. Right. It's a bit. The whole issue is a bit controversial as to are we opening too soon or or should we wait? Uh, uh, what, what I was saying last time is that I, I just feel that there has to be a sense of uh, social responsibility and people have to <clears throat> just be cognizant that there's people out there who who are sick uh, to begin with, with heart issues, um, diabetes, blood pressure issues. And, and, and I just think that people have to be cognizant that there's people out there and when they get sick, it could be really dangerous. So it's important to always wear your mask, uh, wash your hands, social distancing is still important. So if, the, yeah. if our politicians want to open um, the city, then we have to take some responsibility in that aspect. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, if I think if um, definitely politics has to play a part in this. Like, you know, they're the ones that are making the laws and mandates about social distancing and all that other crap that we've all been reading about in the news. But at the end of the day, personal liability, personal responsibility, I think that's the main thing everybody needs to just assume because if not, like, you just well you get sick and you're gonna just blame it on the government everybody's just blaming everything on the government, government. Yeah. i mean yeah. honestly it's it's it's, it's just it, for own health, you know it just goes back to where to what it was before you know like before this whole thing happened it was like you know you need to wash your hands after you sneeze you need to cover your mouth you know don't fucking cough in your hands you know like kind of the same shit you know so i'm glad we can all agree that all the states can be opening up now and everyone can shut the hell up about it right no, man, I mean, my, what i'm uh, uh, what i'm saying is that <laughs> if we're going to open there should be social responsibility people have to take action and and be safe like That's within reason open exactly. within reason i agree i, yeah. agree. I went to a, i went to a restaurant uh, yesterday morning just opened and they had um glass walls between each table so nobody can <clears throat> have any um, contact with the person on uh, the next table so i mean that was pretty interesting um, <clears throat> that's cool you think do you guys think that like uh the way people are going to interact with each other after this whole covid thing blows over <clears throat> if it's ever going to blow over you think it's going to change the way like general <clears throat> population uh, you know interacts with each other yeah like you said i don't think it's going to blow over that easy um everybody like it, the whole world has changed forever and i think there's so many crazy assholes out there that like i mean the election of donald trump as president has taught me i mean just not not saying anything good or bad about donald trump himself just the fact that just the fact that someone like that was speaking tradition traditionally speaking not the archetype of what you would imagine a president a presidential candidate should be just the fact that that person was able to get elected lets me know that in general, the masses of people are fucking idiotic, dude. Like, they're just like, most of them are just ridiculous. So, like, to say, like, yeah, dude, people are going to be paranoid as fuck all the time. Everybody's going to be crazy. This shit's going to last forever, dude. Like, 
It's going to be, uh, we're going to be telling our grandkids about it, not because we remember, yeah. but because our grandkids are going to be like, Mom, Daddy, why is this kid just being so weird and staying so far away? It's like, oh, well, he's probably you know, raised by some social distance fucking psychopath that still is doing that shit 30 the, years later. It's, it's his American culture. <laughs> it's it's the culture. Don't worry. It has nothing. It's like when you first come to South Florida and you like, people are kissing you on the cheek and shit and you're like, whoa, what the fuck? And your mom's oh, yeah, like, yeah. oh, no, no, it's it's cultural. Don't worry. It's like, and then why is that? Why is that American kid like thirty feet away trying to scream at me with conversations? Yeah, no, no, it's cultural. It's weird now. It's cultural. No, no, honestly, I think people are are gonna forget all this. Um, I think it's gonna blow over. Definitely, Hopefully. most people don't know when Pearl Harbor Day is. That was a big deal. People That's forgot true. even the date, September eleventh. Everyone is unified for a few months. There was people were bonding. People were happy. We were together. And now people just don't remember these things anymore. Yeah, it doesn't hit as hard. <laughs> exactly. And I think this is just a, another one of those uh, it, things that's going to just roll over in the next few months. What do you say What do you say about people that, that think that it's not as bad as the flu or, or, the, or the numbers like the mortality rate of COVID-19 versus the seasonal flu? Like the seasonal flu kills way more people, blah, blah, blah. What do you think about that? Okay. That's a good question, actually. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> if you go to, um, if, if you if you That's Google right. if you Google the number of deaths uh, with the flu over the past ten years on a yearly basis, the highest was probably in 2018. Those 60,000 people. And remember, flu season is from like November or so, or October to March. Mm-hmm. Uh, the highest number of deaths that we've had in the past ten years in one year was 61,000 people. Right now, we've had this virus for I don't know. Now is that wor- is that world worldwide number? Or is that like in the, the US, United States? The US, the okay. United States. Just look okay. at the CDC uh, website, mm-hmm. and if you look at COVID, we've had this for approximately four months here, and we're already hitting a hundred thousand. Right. And not only Death. that, deaths. Deaths. I work in I America work in, or worldwide. In the U.S. Yeah. Oh, okay. In the U.S. So, I don't think I've ever gotten the flu. I've never been uh, sick, but I ended up testing positive for COVID. Uh, Interesting. March thirty uh, first, I tested positive. It was a, one of the worst experiences of my life. I was hospitalized for five days. Uh, had respiratory issues. I was hypoxic. I was on oxygen, <clears throat> and uh, I, I had bilateral pneumonia as a result of this. The dreaded COVID pneumonia. I've heard so, about this. So when you got when you first got sick, did you immediately say to myself, to yourself, like, oh shit? I have COVID, or how did that go? Well, let me just tell you how what happened from the very beginning. Um, on March 29th, um, right before I went to bed, I started feeling really achy. It was this type of soreness, um, uh, as if I had just worked out. I just felt really sore. I For me, I would feel this. I'd feel that all the time, just because <laughs> I'm swole. Yeah. I'm swole. Is what I'm I saying. I mean, you're you're talking no, about you. some other kind of soreness, Scott. I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways no no it's so called then, gains uh, bro well that's what i thought because i tend to work out as well if you haven't noticed size is the prize below size is the prize size is the prize baby <laughs> no, so you so, so you're feeling sore 
I was feeling sore. <clears throat> I didn't think much of it. The following day I went to work. I mean, I had no other issues other than the soreness. I went to work and while I was at work, late in the evening, 11 o'clock at night, I started developing um, a rash. I developed uh, hives all over my body. My lips actually got really swollen as well. So I got like a lip angioedema <clears throat> and uh, had no idea what was going on. I didn't, I really don't have allergies to anything. So I wasn't sure where that came from. I was going along my, my, my day as normal. And um, I started developing extreme fatigue while at work. I uh, started avoiding patients because I figured something was going on. Uh, my, my PA was helping me out and seeing some of the patients. Luckily, it was not a busy day. And um, I decided to get tested just to be on the safe side. And 12 hours later, I tested positive. The following two days, I felt fine. My symptoms had completely resolved. I thought I was done with it. I thought I had the mild form. Just went along my quarantine uh, like normal. Day five and six, I started developing respiratory issues. I went to my backyard to walk my dogs and I had my pulse ox monitor on my finger and it said 80. Wow. So I was really hypoxic. So I, so I decided to go to the hospital at that time. There I ended up getting fevers, pneumonia. They put me on that dreaded hydrochloroquine. Zithromycin, right. vitamin C, zinc. Why zithromycin? Um, I guess uh, that well, it has anti-inflammatory properties, and I, I guess the uh, infectious disease doctors thought that because I had pneumonia, they wanted to cover bacterial infection as well. <clears throat> so that's that. very typical. That's very typical uh, pneumonias. Oh, <clears throat> just kind of for the pneumonia type thing. So, <clears throat> so that's what happened, and then. Eventually, after five days, I started improving, and so they decided to send me home. Was there ever any point where you were like, oh shit, I might have to get intubated? Uh, of course. Were you of freaking? Course. I mean, that freaks me out so bad, dude. Were you freaking out? Of course I was freaking out, because my pneumonia, wasn't, my pneumonia wasn't really getting better. My volumes were very low, so of course I was scared about that. And so I did my incentive spirometer to work, up, work on my lungs. Um, I wanted to, I was take. I was on the oxygen. So of course I was scared. <clears throat> so I ended up uh, doing my will. I ended up uh, updating my life insurance policy. I'm in there, right? I'm in there. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I got the boat, I think. The boat's on me, right? <laughs> I hope you spelled my last name right. Everyone gets it wrong. It's yeah, two T's. Two T's. You can rock the boat, Scott. You can rock the boat. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and so eventually I got, I got better and test a negative about two and a half weeks later here i am how was it how like leaving the hospital was did they play a song for you did you get the rocky alert that's what we got no i didn't get that we got the rocky i guess alert. every time someone leaves our hospital they play another one bites the dust no i made that up we actually we actually get the the rocky song really yeah. They did this whole voting thing. I forget. They they settled on a song after like three weeks of voting whether or not they just, what song it was going to be when people got discharged from COVID. And then they ended up playing like a second and a half of the song. So short that you can barely tell what song it is. I'm like, wow, so glad we spent so much time voting on this fucking song. <laughs> it's so stupid. You know, there's assholes up in administration like, man, they're going to really love us for this, guys. <laughs> We're gonna play a second and a half of this song. It's gonna be fantastic. They're not assholes. They're just doing their best. Both <laughs> <laughs> is like, guys, I'm at the hospital right now. Chill, chill, <laughs> <laughs> chill, chill. <laughs> we haven't been through a pandemic before, so we're doing our best, dude. Yeah, sure, yeah, sure, yeah. Whatever, uh, say, dude. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> 
How <laughs> fast did you get right, your let's, uh, let's, Corona let's test? Let's mute our mics and see. Let's mute the mic and pause the video and ask the fellows really things. Yeah, let's get the let's get the real scoop. <laughs> what was that, Jesus? So, uh, how fast did you get your uh, your COVID test back? I uh, got it. Uh, I got my results in like twelve hours. He got the doctor version. It's it's much faster than the, than the normal people. <laughs> that's, no. that's what I was gonna get at, like. Um, because uh, we usually, you know, we had like uh, patients that would get, you know, first in the beginning, it was always like, what, a week? Something yeah, like it was like the immune assay or whatever that went took forever. And now, yeah, then it was two days and now we're getting it, what, 24 hours? No, we have a rapid, we have two hours, yeah, one right? to two hours. We have the rapid one as well. Yeah, it's fast. So well, I'm what, not sure. what is the difference and why, why do we don't do the rapid test on everybody? I mean, it's a, it has to do with availability. So we try to use a rapid one on patients yeah. that are going to go to the operating room and patients that are going to be admitted. There's no reason or no point in you uh, getting a rapid one if, if you're going to be discharged home. You can just wait and not quarantine yourself. <clears throat> right. Makes sense. Hey, did you, so did you like when you when you first uh, noticed or you got the results? Oh, shit, I got COVID. Did you realize, hey, like what patient could have gave it to me like what i was wearing ppe every time i went into these patients did it cross your mind or like oh maybe it was that guy or or that you know that woman did you ever like think yeah of course of course um we were wearing our ppe like our n95s on everybody um early on we weren't though we were wearing just regular surgical masks for people who came in with a toothache or an ankle right. Right. So you think it was a little bit earlier on? So, so yeah. So, I, I mean, I, and you, we see, see a lot of patients. So I had no idea who gave it to me. I know I intubated a patient uh, who ended up passing away, unfortunately, uh, <clears throat> with from a respiratory illness, and, and it was COVID. So I'm just yeah. wondering if that was the patient. But I also had an alcoholic who came in, picked up from behind a Walmart, who was going to get admitted just for alcohol intoxication, and they do a... a, a, a a COVID test on him and he's positive too with no mm -hmm. respiratory issues no fevers so you just don't know it could have been the toothache that, that patient that i saw yeah mm. so there's no point in just wasting my time wondering who gave it to me i mean i'm alive i'm grateful and i uh, just don't wish this on anybody <clears throat> it was made in china that's where you got it from yeah man i don't <laughs> chinese know. virus right it's a china, <laughs> it's a china virus <laughs> i still have my residual cough so i can see that you've been using your incentive spirometer doesn't sound like it I don't need it anymore. My, mm -hmm. my volumes are good, but I just have I've this heard patients say that before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't need that thing. Okay, whatever, mm -hmm. dive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Okay, I'm, it's not really Okay, caring nurse. Okay, <laughs> okay whatever, dive. <laughs> okay, Karen. No, but did, are, for the patients that you're seeing that are diagnosed, it, are you seeing, I hear on the news, I don't see this, I don't observe this personally, are you seeing there? Are you seeing more cases in minorities versus versus non-minorities, young versus old? So that what the news is telling us is that there's more cases with the elderly and with Black and Hispanics. Is that something that you're seeing? Well, I live in, in South Florida, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of elderly people, retirees here, and North uh, Cuba, lately, North Cuba. <laughs> Not a few. Uh -huh. So lately, uh, a lot of the nursing home patients don't have a ways to isolate patients who are positive for COVID. So they've been dispersed among different hospitals in their area. <clears throat> right. So right now we see a lot of COVID among um, elderly population. And we actually have like 40 cases here in this hospital right now upstairs. But uh, as far as uh, minorities versus non-minorities, 
I really don't see much of a difference. I mean, we live next to Davie as well, it's a very large white population, mm -hmm. but we see people from North Miami as well, very large Latino population, so we pretty much see a mix. Just kind of a mixture. But that's what really I, 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 don't know what it's, I don't know what it's like uh, in the rest of the... Uh, right, you can't county. compile the numbers for the entire country. Yeah, yeah. But COVID doesn't discriminate, though. Right. Right. Right, no, a virus shouldn't, really. I mean, I don't think there's... What What exactly could be the identifying factor that would make it more contagious for someone that was of Hispanic descent I, versus not? I mean, maybe... I don't think maybe... I don't, I don't think that a, a nationality probably has, you know, has a role in it. I think it's more related to, like, pre-existing, you know, conditions, like if you COPD or uh, some sort of, like... You have some sort of, like, a you know, compromised immune system. Or just, like, like at-risk behavior in general. Right, ask a lot of people to ask. I think that's probably maybe not makes it more contagious, but may, definitely would require you to get hospitalized for it. I mean, so kind of what kind of what I'm getting at here is like the, the new. It seems like the news wants to sensationalize this shit. There's here. a there's a serious there's a serious gap between what you hear and on the news and what you see on the news, and then what is observable in the reality. And so that's I what guess. I'm seeing, and that's that's kind of a big thing to me because like working in the hospital as a as a traveling contracted employee my contracts are based on hospital acuity and hospital census so if the census is low there are less contracts available and what i've been seeing and what other people in my position have been seeing across the united states is that the census is severely low at a lot of hospitals to the point that they're canceling contracts for their employees and so like this whole flatten the curve initiative stay-at-home order is starting to see seem like kind of more and more like um i don't know questionable because it's like if the curve is flat if we've successfully flattened the curve then why are we like oppressing all of these people you know oppressing the people what people well i mean like when you tell someone stay at home you're closing their business you're like you know you're stripping oh, okay. them of a certain amount of liberty don't you think Okay, I see yeah, what you're saying. If you keep the businesses open, then you're, you're pretty much uh, exposing more people to this. Right, so, but I mean like, all right, so we locked the country down for two months effectively and stopped the business. What I'm trying to say is like moving forward from this point, <clears throat> would it make sense to, to continue? Because a lot of the places, like for, for example, um, the governor, the mayor of Los Angeles said recently that he was going to keep... Los Angeles business closed until a vaccine came out for the virus. Oh yeah, I heard you about that. You saw that? Yeah. <laughs> and then the federal the federal court said like you basically if you try to enforce that we we don't have your back on it because it's unconstitutional. But I mean right. like that's kind of the idea, that's the mentality that's kind of in the ether right now. I I think that's that's kind of fair though. I mean like people's lives depend on, you know, their businesses. It's uh, you know, it, <clears throat> And, and people around, like it's like where I'm living right now, there's a lot of mom and pop type shops here, and there's not like big WalMarts and that kind of thing, right? So, a lot of people's lives depend on their their business, which is, provides work for everybody that lives around here. And not only that, like where do they get their goods? So they have to like go drive like 30 minutes further to like go to like a Walmart or something to get their groceries or something like that because so and so's whatever mart is closed. Um, I think what's probably a more appropriate way is like allowing people to open up their businesses, but with, you know, certain restrictions. Do you think that you know, the whole like, like walls in between the booths actually makes a difference? Or do you think it's just for appearance, shits and gigs? It was interesting. Uh, it was interesting to see. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I see it at the gym too. They have it at the, at the, the gyms that are opening now. I saw that they have these big walls in between treadmills and I'm like, I, I don't feel like, I don't feel unsafe in general on a treadmill, <laughs> you know, like two and a half feet away from somebody. I don't, I don't think they're going to like haul over and sneeze in my direction. I, I think that would have been inappropriate 10 years ago as much as it is inappropriate now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't, I think it's just for like show because they're like so desperate to get their business going again. I don't know. It's yeah. kind of it's kind of like a tough situation because it, it's such a new virus, and like I mean, we all know it's spread through like contact or through respiratory, or whatever. But like, yeah. sound more sophisticated point, if you call it a novel virus, Christopher. It, whatever. <laughs> it's a novel virus. What a dark <laughs> man. What a, what a what a tool. What a tool. What, what people are gonna do tool. too is like they're gonna go to the gym and be like, no, I don't go to this gym because they don't have those plastic walls. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want people breathing in my face. Don't breathe in my space, please. <laughs> this is my space. Two treadmills down. There's another one over there. Please. I can't believe you're using the treadmill next to my treadmill. The audacity. I like, I like the meme where it showed the wall or wall full of urinals and they taped off every other <laughs> urinal. As if that's not just going to be a target for me to pee on. And the by, I don't see a difference here. It's man law. You can't just post up right next to somebody right. else. <laughs> like, like, at, like at any point in time, you're going to just like, there's going to be a dude pissing on a urinal. You'd be like, oh, look, several Tape. free urinals. Let me select the one immediately in his proximity. Excuse me, sir. Do Tape you mind? I'm gonna pull my dick out right here. Is that cool? All right, cool. It's a good thing I don't use urinals, huh? Well, this is like, what are you talking about? I just sit. I squat. It doesn't splash. It doesn't splash that way. It's all about the splash. All right, right. So let's talk about let's talk about some uh, conspiracy theories. Oh shit. So uh, so we've been hearing some stuff that uh, these doctors are being paid to say that these. They're, you know, just get more cases of corona. Oh, yeah, labeling yeah, patients co- you know what? It's, COVID. It's corona. It, it's, and it's like general knowledge. I went to like uh, just a, a restaurant like to grab some breakfast here the other day when I got out of work. And the, bit, the, like, the restaurant owner was actually there. And he's like, you guys work in healthcare. So we were in our scrubs. He's like, you guys work in healthcare. Let me ask you about this, you know? Like, You're like, damn, I big. thought he was going to give me free food for a second. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, what? I'm about to get a free beer with my, with my omelet. Yes, I do. <laughs> totally genuine asking hey are doctors admitting patients with covid that don't actually have covid it was a so pandemic they're, they're getting more pay getting more money for it and they're actually like killing people off because the they're getting paid by the government you know because if somebody oh dies like, look at Velosa's face he's like dude shut up shut up shut up they're gonna kill me <laughs> <laughs> i actually never heard any of that no you didn't yeah. see the documentary pandemic that's a real documentary. It was like all over the social media, but then they had to take it down. Yeah, yeah. Really? It was, uh, misinformation. Yeah, it was, it was full of bullshit. <laughs> well, there you I don't go. Think you can have anything as serious as this without having some sort of conspiracy theories attached to it. Yeah. Well, they're saying like, people like are you're trying to like, this shit. Yeah. Yeah, like, man. Has anybody told you, Dr. Velos, listen, um, we, we need these numbers to go up? Not at all. We're going to get some COVID Not numbers. At- Come on, buddy. <clears throat> I haven't even heard of that, though. I've never even heard of that. Well, that, someone needs to be admitted. We admit them because they're sick. We have abnormal vital signs, or they have real medical issues, whether or not it's COVID or not. Yeah. We don't admit or put just COVID on there. It's, it's that's 
fraud. Like nobody tells you to chart certain things. No, yeah, not at all. That's, that's that, ridiculous. That, uh, yeah, it is ridiculous. Another one saying that COVID was like weaponized by China, you know, and it just got loose and out of hand. And, it's made in a lab, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah there's, yeah, there's well, this conspiracy <clears throat> all over. I also saw another. The way I see this, though, the way, the way I see this is, we have a virus. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, we just have to work with what we have, and let the politicians and the governments deal with that. I mean, I, so I you think, so you're saying like, so basically, I, what I'm getting is like, there's a there's a like separation between like the policymakers and then the actual practitioners that are actually practicing medicine. Of course. You know, and and I think that the the most the the lay people like the most like the common folk that have no medical knowledge or has never worked in healthcare to them the common, the common folk the peasants <laughs> no <laughs> no but it's like the average person that has no healthcare experience you know to them they're putting it all together stitching it into this whole like fabric of conspiracy you know what i mean when in reality it's like you know most doctors don't under, don't know what kind of insurance you have before they treat you you know generally speaking they're just gonna and and nurses too and like we were talking about last time like you know being in in the trauma scenario managing patients and their families when the patient's like ventilated sedated had like in a really bad shape the family thinks that you're giving them less than appropriate <clears throat> health care because or less than appropriate care because they don't have insurance you know like if a patient has a fever <clears throat> in the icu and you don't want to fuck their liver up by giving them a bunch of Tylenol. So you put like ice bags on them. I, well, this happened to me before where the patient's family w was like, you need to give him Tylenol. He's got a fever. He has to have Tylenol. And I'm just like, look, the doctor doesn't want me to give him Tylenol. His liver enzymes are fucked already. So we're putting ice packs on under his armpits and on his groin and stuff. And mm -hmm. they just thought that it was because he was uninsured that I was giving him less than quality world-class healthcare. Most healthcare professionals don't know what kind of insurance you have. They're just doing the job that they're there to do, you know, and they're going to treat everyone the same regardless, you know? Yeah. Yep. Like, how many times have you had a patient come up to you and be like, hey, uh, how much is this going to charge me? Like, how much, uh, how much is going to cost me? Gonna be? Yeah, exactly. You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> you know, I have no and, idea. And on, on, on that note, I also have uh, patients in the emergency room who don't have insurance and they know they need a colonoscopy or they need a procedure that's not considered an emergency. <clears throat> and I have people come in saying, uh, I need a CAT scan for follow-up or I need a colonoscopy because I'm due. Uh, I'm like, this is not something that we do in the emergency room. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> we deal with emergencies and we try to explain that to patients. Uh, we try to get social work involved so they can assist with follow-up. And it's a little bit tough at night because we don't have social workers at this hospital at night. So um, it's not that we don't want to help people. I mean, of course it hurts me when I have to turn someone away who doesn't need a colonoscopy emergently, you know? Right. Yeah. But uh, it's all a matter of that, trying to educate these people. Or when they ask you to, you got to check my cholesterol in the emergency room. That's yeah, not that's, not a, that's not an emergency <laughs> test. Oh, you guys don't do that? That's right. I throw my reflex. No. <laughs> it's not an emergency test. Chris is ready for his prostate exam whenever the emergency room starts allowing those. Only, send, only him if over. send them over. <laughs> <laughs> there you Come go, Chris. <laughs> but so you said, Velos, you said you worked in a hospital before where the doctors actually did know that what the insurance status of the patients were? Yes, yes. So Tell we us got a little bit. 
Okay, so I worked at this hospital in South Florida. I'm not going to say any names. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> it was interesting because it was a, um, a private hospital and the ER physicians were the ones that were responsible, responsible for finding out who the primary care was, what insurance the patient had, who was going to be admitting the patient if they got admitted based on their insurance. <clears throat> Palmetto. Uh, just kidding. Just kidding. Palmetto. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it's not that one. No names, no uh, names. No, no, no. So, 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 I was to me it was interesting because I've never worked in a hospital where we had to know that information as physicians. Usually, the secretaries or registration is the one that's responsible for that. Uh, we don't know insurances. We don't ask about insurances. We don't ask about any of that. Yeah. But in yeah. some hospitals, they do. And this one hospital I worked at here in South Florida is a private, small private hospital. All the doctors were required to know the primary care doctor, the type of insurance, uh, whether it was HMO or PPO, to determine where the patient was going to be admitted. In that setting, though, in that specific hospital, and that's the only time I've ever seen this, there were a few doctors who were nitpicking uh, uh, patients who had certain insurances because they knew they were going to be compensated. Mm -hmm. It was the only time in my 12 years of being a physician that I've seen that. And I obviously didn't like that place, which is why I ended up leaving. So what do you think? Do you think that creates a conflict of interest between... Of course. Yeah. Of course. But but if this is a private hospital, all right, so if it's a private hospital, you're running it as for profit, right? It's, it's business. It's it's not really like, uh, like for example, some of the big hospitals, like for example, ones that you and I worked at, Scott, that anybody can go there. Mm-hmm. I mean, like public hospitals. Yeah. Yeah. Is that still fair? I mean, if, you know, but if you're running it, it like a business, a private hospital, you can pick and choose who you want to admit. I mean, is that okay? Is that ethical, you guys think? Well, think about it, though. Uh, most ERs are not run by the hospital, most ERs are run by private groups. So even though I work for this specific facility right now, I'm not employed by this facility. I'm employed by another group mm. that's contracted by the hospital. Mm-hmm. So okay. if you think about it, everything's for profit. Yeah, everything is. But, <clears throat> but, I am not asking about people's insurance. I'm not asking if there's PPO, HMO, or whatever, because I don't care. Yeah, I think I think that when it comes to healthcare, when it comes to taking taking Mm -hmm. care of people and actually saving people's lives, I think that there's a reason that the field itself is separated from other fields. Like I think that there's an ethical duty that you Mm -hmm. have to your patients to treat them all the same, regardless. And I think re- regardless of their ability to pay or your ability to be compensated, I think that everybody should get the same care throughout. I think that's what separates healthcare f- as, a, as a career from other careers, you know? I was just bringing that up for a topic of conversation. Yeah, just devil's that, advocate that, 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 type of... Right, exactly. Because I mean, yeah. I say, I mean, in the five years that I've been a nurse, I've never a single day in my life I've ever asked what kind of insurance do you have? Because to me, it doesn't make a difference. You're still right. going to get the same care, whether you live on the street or whether you're the CEO of a company. I mean, it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know. But I'm just, like I said, just playing devil's advocate, trying to just look at things from a different, you know, uh, uh, different light. Because I mean, that's what that's what good conversations always about, I guess. And what's weird is that now, since these uh, registration employees don't want to go into these rooms with COVID and stuff like that. We're the ones that have to go in there with a with a clipboard and <clears throat> basically fill out this information for them. Like I feel like a piece of shit when I ask them, "Hey, what kind of insurance do you have?" 
<laughs> yeah, you're like, I didn't sign up for this shit. Yeah, I didn't sign up for this shit. And, yeah. and it's just because these other people can't go into these rooms, mm-hmm. which I get. You know, like they didn't sign up for that shit either. That's a that's a hospital specific policy because we don't we don't see that in our hospital. I, I haven't yeah. seen that in any of the COVID hospitals that's, I've worked that's at. That's what's been going on now. And they're like, hey, did, did this patient uh, like write all this uh, information down? I'm like, dude, this guy can't even talk, bro. Yeah. How the fuck? Yeah. I, I would. I, w- I don't know how comfortable I would feel if they asked me I to don't. do that. I would just I be yeah, like, I'm not, I'm not sure that's really like a correct way of going about doing things. Like uh, even yeah. like if you're working in a hospital, it should be inherent. You're gonna some yeah. like you. You need to like you're gonna be around people that have communicable diseases. I gotta bring. You know it why is it? Bring it yeah, up next like, meeting. Like there, bring it like up. The phlebotomists. There's some phlebotomists in the mm-hmm. last hospital I worked at. They don't get fitted for N95, so they use that as their argument that they can't go in to draw patients' yeah. blood mm-hmm. that have COVID or being ruled out yeah. for COVID. I'm like, what, what if someone has the flu? What if someone has TB? They don't do their right. blood work. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That is like, no, nah, no, nah, I didn't get fitted. So that's that's extra work that nurses have to do. It's extra work that PCAs or nurse techs, whatever they call them, have to mm-hmm. do. Uh, it's extra works that, M- that EMTs have to do. So mm-hmm. like, how's that? How's that really fair? You know. And that's true for pharmacists too. You know, yeah. Ruben is in Denver. Yeah. He um he doesn't get fitted either. So how is he supposed to go and help out with Which the medications for strokes and? Am I if he can't go into the room? I yeah. Mean, what if someone needs TPA? <clears throat> what happens? Yeah. You're at the end of the day. He's still look. He's a clinician. I mean, why? Why is it that they get some sort of exemption from, uh, you know, getting? That's whack. I think. I think that hospital policy should change across the country. I think every hospital employee should have to be fitted for an N95. <clears throat> what if there was a mass casualty and it, it was to exposure mm-hmm. to something that was airborne? You don't what you, at that point you're gonna be like oh, okay I work in registration so sorry I'm just gonna die no I mean like you need to have a fucking mass fitting everybody should have a mask if you work in a hospital no matter what part if you're ancillary staff if you're nursing if you're physicians security whatever it is no matter you need to have a, a fitting you need to be fitted it takes fucking ten seconds dude like come on yeah. it's the easiest thing and, yeah and it has it has nothing to do with you know workload right it has everything to do with protecting you know hospital staff i don't mm-hmm. even th- that should actually you know it's probably in the best interest of the hospital too you know because yeah. if what if one of those like employees like maybe it's a security guard or whatever they're not fitted for n95 they get some sort of exposure they could probably sue the hell out of the hospital yeah you know, so it's probably it's probably in the hospital's best interest to do that yeah yeah we also have to consider availability like do we have the resources to buy all this stuff for everybody mm-hmm. i mean i'm just i'm just saying i think everybody should uh be fitted and have it available is a, is a money there for for all this? I think I think that the, the the concern for availability only arose once this whole COVID, you know, we ran out of the N95 to recycle people, the N95. People didn't even know what an N95 was four months ago. Now I, everybody. I knows forgot if it was M95 or N95. It's I think it's M for math. M for math. Dr. Velos, uh, Dr. Velos, what do you think about this whole Ozarks video? Did you see this Ozarks video that's going around the internet? No. All, the, all the people in the Lake of the Ozarks, they had this big party after they like ease their stay-at-home order, and they're supposed to keep them six feet distance, everybody's supposed to wear a mask, and then this big video just like circulated the internet of all these kids just in this giant fucking pool party, like I'm like <laughs> hundreds of them. Oh, and yeah. This is exactly why the government imposes all these restrictions and stay-at-home orders, because people are not socially responsible. Yeah. So do you I so mean, do you think no. that it's best just to keep this stay at home because 
to me, when I I, re, I read into this a little bit, and I'm like, dude, this is a this is a testament to why abstinence as a practice does not work. Because <laughs> like when yeah. you try to force people to not do something, the minute they get the opportunity to do it, it's gonna fucking explode. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, that will bring that will bring the second wave. Yeah. So what? Exactly. So you so you think the government should impose more restrictions? People should be forced to stay home, or what? I mean. I, I don't believe in forcing anyone to do anything. I believe in people being educated and being responsible. So you think like more yeah, pub- more public easier service easier announcements? Exactly. Yeah. Honestly, I haven't not, I haven't seen a lot of public service announcements this whole time. I haven't seen not, one, dude. If you're not wearing a mask, you can't go into the restaurant or into the grocery store. Yeah. Easy as that. Straight easy up. as that. So Straight I'm saying, up. I don't think there's a problem with like, you know, opening up stuff to get. It just needs to be some sort of mandates that like, you know, you have to you have to abide by these rules or else, you know, you can't you can't participate. And it's assholes you know, like I, I these mean, that just fuck it up for everybody. I think that's fair. Exactly. Exactly. Because what happens, you know, so like what happens that picture catches wave and everything. Oh, well, people aren't social distancing. And here we go. Another, another, (laughs) you know, government mandated, you know, Mm -hmm. self-quarantine. All businesses are shut down again. You know, like. It just gets worse. makes everything worse. Yeah. It's problem worse. And now on top of that, you have a bunch of pissed off Americans, you know, you have a bunch of pissed off Americans that already feel like their liberties are being trampled on coming at the government and then you're trying to impose even stricter restrictions and then you just it's just gonna fucking yeah and it's yeah i think, I think people need to assume like a, you know they need to realize that it's not just for their own health it's it's like you have to have more of a sense of community because the, if you get sick it puts another it's, it puts more stress on the hospitals puts more stress on resources puts more stress and, and, and you you're yourself are now contagious to your family and the people that you live around so it's not just for yourself your own safety it's you gotta like think about your community as well and it's Agreed. crazy because if you look at the cruise ships i mean they're extremely clean and even being extremely clean if you go to dinner or lunch or whatever you always have purell available you always have mm-hmm. i mean people are very clean on the cruise ship and yet people still get yeah. sick and then you put yeah. all these people who are not so clean together and yeah exactly. and then you have people making bat soup in china <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. i like the i like the meme where it says like why isn't anybody uh testing ozzy osborne's blood because this guy ate a <laughs> 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 Start testing his <laughs> for a vaccine. <laughs> he's, that's why he didn't get sick because he has the he's immune, dude. He's been eating bats for like sixty he has, years, bro. He's, he's got COVID. He's got COVID. Uh, COVID uh, immunity. Dude, that guy's fucking. <laughs> that guy's like two thousand years old at this point. He just came out with a new song not too long ago. Well, Wasn't that uh, Post Malone, right? Yeah, and he's like fucking a million. I remember when in like the nineties when I was watching him on MTV on his reality show, and he's like walking around with a walker. This motherfucker's still alive right now, dude. What is he singing about? How does he even have a voice still? Could you imagine? He's like 101, dude. I'm not gonna lie, he's probably one of my favorite artists. Like, you know, seriously. Yeah, maybe yeah, you know, it. maybe someone was trying to bite into the fountain of youth when they bit that bat in the first place. Hey, and he may have been onto something. He was preparing him and him, him and his family for what was to come. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, man. Maybe he can see into the future. That's why he's never died. <laughs> he's like, hey, eat this bat now, love. She's like, no, why? He's like, just Shut do it, up. trust me. Shut just up. Oh Sharon. Trust me, you're gonna need it. <laughs> Forty years later. Told ya. Forty years oh, later, man. he's just doing backstrokes and pulls of uh, bat soup. <laughs> <laughs> Their guys are crazy. Well, Dr. Veloso, we're so happy for you being on the show today. And uh, Yeah, dude, thanks for, for coming on, man. Thank Thanks you. for taking for time me. out of your day 
for sure. Thanks for showing us all the PPE in the background that you guys have available. <laughs> Looks like you're out of small size gloves. What's that about? Uh, no, no, they're actually no, they're actually large. Mm-hmm. I ran out of my large ones because that's what. I oh, he had to prove it. To, all right, <laughs> I believe. I believe you. Yeah, that's what I used to. I used to. <laughs> <laughs> I used XLs, but you know, whatever. <laughs> You guys so, use right, gloves? Guys. <laughs> 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 so right, this guys. is your favorite bro medic, Jesus, signing off with Crispy Chris, and we got Scotty P. Hey. Dr. Velos for having us on the show. Guys, be responsible, get fucking health insurance, and let your, <laughs> and let your light shine. <laughs> All right, later, guys. Thanks for checking. Wait, don't forget. Don't, don't forget you guys can check us out on iTunes soon and Spotify. And you can always listen to us on our Podbean account. I know a lot of people don't have that, but it's there. We'll be on YouTube. Thanks, Take guys. Take care. Bye. All right, guys.